Hey, what's happening, everybody? So this time out, something a little bit different once again. I'm really excited to tell you. So I love cold email. I really love cold email. It gets my brain ticking. I find it really uh, interesting to try and work out how we can get more replies, more engagement on our email campaigns. So talking to Michael Hansen was an absolute treat for me personally. I've been a little bit selfish, but there you go. And he just went so far into detail and into depth on how he designs his cadences, what types of touches he's doing, how he follows up, why he's doing certain things at certain times in the whole cadence. It was just, to be honest with you, it was just a mastermind. So um, what more do I have to say? I'm going to stop right here and let Michael do his thing. Michael, how you doing, my man? Yeah, very well. Looking forward to uh, discussing today's topic. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Of course, yeah, you're a shoe in when I'm thinking, who do I invite here first on my list? Nice. So that. first things first, are you ready for a slightly difficult question? <laughs> I love difficult questions. Let's do it. Okay, you're going to regret that. First <laughs> things first then. So we get to the side, email, call, or social touch. What would we do first when we're reaching out to a prospect? First ever time, what channel would you pick? Um, I would say... I would say email, but I would go on their LinkedIn first to like find out a bit of information about them so you can you can research them. Having said that, like we actually recommend doing all three in the first day of the cadence, but it would be like email them, connect on LinkedIn, and then the call is the last step. And the idea is that the, the research you've done for the email, you can actually use in your, your call as well. So you're going to the LinkedIn profile, do nothing else with it yet. Yeah. Then you use what you found as the basis of your email. And you can do the call as well, and you can do the LinkedIn follow-up like afterwards, referencing that you've sent them some stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you move on. Yeah. Okay, so that's all in day one, right? Yeah, and you know, I, I imagine some people are listening to this being like, oh, that's a bit intense. But I had um, I had a meeting recently with a, a CEO of about 300-person company, and my colleague Lawrence had set up the meeting with him. And he was like, look, Lawrence, and Lawrence used to also work with me at my last company and set up a meeting with the same guy, the guy was like, in 20 years of running this company, Lawrence is the only person that's got my attention from outbound. And it's because he always like LinkedIn's me and calls me at the same time. So like he really gets my attention. So, okay. Um, yeah, I like it. So I'll have to give that a go a bit more then. Um, so next, you're doing that email first straight away based on your research. Some people say it's better to just go straight for the ask and then you can follow up with your content and other stuff. Some people say it's better to lead with a bit more value and then you go for the ask once you've quite unquote earned it. Where do you stand on that? Which way do you go first? We actually have seen the best success um, offering a piece of content for free um, that's of value to them. Um, we, what we used to do, which which doesn't work anymore, um, is actually give them the content. So like, hey, here's a bit of content that we think is going to be interesting for you. Um, the reason it's better to say, would you be interested in this, is because one, they have to reply to the email. Two, it's not good to put links in your first email because they can get you sent to spam a lot of the time because um, of spam filter. I think that's getting worse and worse. People are like really looking into email security. And then just to give you an example, right? Like typical when we're selling, we've got a playbook template for SDRs and we could say, hey, notice you're hiring SDRs. Would you be interested in the playbook template that can help you with their onboarding? They say yes. And then we start a conversation. The other good thing about that is often if they reply yes, their, their phone numbers in the email and then we can give them a call have a conversation and like we help companies write sales playbooks so even though we're giving them a piece of content if they say yes to that there's probably pretty good likelihood they're going to be interested in a meeting so. 
Right, so you're, it's basically you're testing out your messaging then. You're saying, here's a, a one pillar of what we do. Would you like it? And then if no, all right, good. We learned something. We'll, we'll try the next one a, a few exactly. days later or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. It's wrong. Okay, so that sounded like you were doing a chain email, or, or is that wrong? So like when you do the reply to the initial email and you end up with that thread, or, or are you doing a completely separate thread with each uh, email? No, we um we do uh we do the reply definitely on the the second email. I think the reply is especially relevant if you do personalization in your first email. The reality is a lot of people don't open your email not because they're not interested or you got a rubbish subject line. It's just because they're busy, right? So that's why it's important to do the reply and the, almost the purpose of the reply, whether that's like any interest in the playbook, Ollie. If it was a reply to that email I was talking about, or any thoughts, Ollie, right? The idea is not that that's getting their attention. It's that they scroll down to the other email. And if it's a short line, they can see that. And they're like, oh, this is interesting. Because a lot of people just won't read your first email because they're out of office or at an event, whatever. So um, that's why we recommend doing the, the reply rather than a new email. Interesting you say that. So I've heard quite a lot of people say they do something similar to that. And I get your logic. You're trying to get more use out of that first email just in case it didn't land as, yeah. as you wanted. What do you say when when people argue back that that's like that's not a useful email? It's it's like a it's a dismissible email because you're just asking a question and someone might go oh like no or, or whatever if if they have read it. Some people say that there there's a big argument for everything has to be super valuable, super useful and helpful. Whereas I agree with your tactic, but that that is valid, right? Yeah, no, and that's something you hear a lot. And even I get that from our clients. I just say, look, try it out. And the, the thing is that it works. Um, so it's like in the data, if something works, then do it. It's like the other thing I recommend, which I, I did a post on this about LinkedIn and thought I was going to get death threats, was um, like double dialing people. So you call them once, and if they don't answer, you call them again. And um, people went crazy, and they were like, oh, I think my kid was sick, or blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, no one likes cold calls. So even if you call someone the... The first time they're going to hate you because if they realize it's a sales call, it's just you, your messaging has got to be on point, whether it's the first or the second call. So again, that's another example. If these things work and you're not harming anyone and you gen it's, and a lot of it's a psychology, if you genuinely believe you can help someone, then go ahead and do it. Um, yeah. You know what? For transparency and the side part, I mean, whether you agree with double dialing or not, I agree, but nothing is dead until it is completely dead. Somewhere, someone is making use of that and it works. Yeah. So let's not just discard things because we personally don't like them. Um, okay, so next thing I want to ask you. So you're sending that that um, email and you're calling and you're doing your LinkedIn touch on day one. What would you say is a good length of time between that first email and the next? Because, you know, you know how it goes. We've yeah. all had them. It's like four days in a row, I'm getting an email. It's a bit overwhelming. Yeah. But if it's like over 20 days, I barely notice it, right? Yeah, we say two or three days between emails. Um, so yeah, every day is too much. And then we think of it's like even once a week, they're kind of forgetting about you. It's almost like a newsletter. Um, so you kind of want, yeah, two or three emails uh, a week going out. But yeah, you wouldn't want it every single day. Um, and again, yeah, it's just the, the quality. Because again, some people would say, oh, two or three emails in a week is still a lot. But it's just that quality of messaging. If you're making it very relevant and specific to the person, then... You know, they, um, we, we get it all the time when we've 
done very good emails and it gets I think it's going to be a question later like email six or seven then they're like oh sorry I haven't got back to you because if you're providing quality messaging and doing research the person actually almost feels bad that they haven't replied to you yeah I was going to say as well so you're doing maybe two or three in the first week depending on when you start if you do Monday you might get three in inside that first week but I bet over email six and seven and those later touches you've got a bigger window right You're, you're sort of starting fast slowing it down a bit if, if there's not quite any traction yeah well we, we have about a three three week cadence we have this uh, 30 touch cadence which is phone email linkedin videos voice notes with a lot of steps which people think it's crazy when they hear like 30 touches um that used to be over a month what we've actually done now is is sped it up to like three weeks um so actually it is quite consistent over that period over those three weeks um, and the reason is we we kind of feel like you're you're telling a story. That's what I always say in a cadence, right? Like we just talked about the first message where you're giving away a bit of content, but later in the sequence, you may be talking about why that content's relevant to them, how it fits into your service, what case studies you have for it. Um, so you're kind of you you you're basically going on this journey. And basically, what we find, which is quite interesting, is people the majority of people will convert in the first like two or three emails, right? But, and then sometimes we've normally about six to seven steps in our email, email four or five, typically they don't convert would like, you see the lowest numbers, but funny enough, email six and seven, the conversions aren't as high as a start, but the ones we've got towards six or seven, like our, our highest paying customer we got from our, like a last touch email, which was just a feedback email saying, Hey, um, would love some feedback on my outreach for like when I'm reaching out to other sales leaders. And the guy responded like, "Oh, love your humble approach. Like, let's have a meeting." And then we like converted him to a customer. So if we'd given up at even like email six, we never would have got that guy. So I just said, never call anything dead until it's completely dead. But exactly. what I'm also thinking is, there's no more. Um, what's the word here? There's no more um, breakup email. There's a feedback email. Yeah. And that works 10 times better, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The feedback email works because people love the humility because most, we talk a lot about selling without ego. Like most salespeople have like very big egos. They're just looking for their next paycheck and commission. Whereas we're always like, look, just like be humble and ask for feedback. And people do that at the bottom of the funnel sales process. So like, oh, could you let me know why you went for another vendor? But do it in like outbound as well. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um at least you're going to be able to sharpen your messaging a bit here or there if you get the odd reply and worst case you uh, best case you revive it exactly um so you said 30 touches and that's across all channels something i harp on about all the time is say i've got three value props and i've got five email templates i can say 15 emails there that's just email that's no calls or anything else so if you plan it properly you can do that it sounds absurd to do 15 (laughs) emails but so is that what you're doing? You're you're using different templates or, or like ways of writing the email or different value props, or are you are you sort of mixing in those bubbling up to the top messages like thoughts and that type of thing? Yeah, so it's like you said, it's typically about seven emails, seven LinkedIn messages, um, and then you know like 10, 10 15 calls. Because again, the the ten could actually just be five if you're doing like a double dial. We count like the you know it's still two touches essentially. Um, and uh, yeah, in terms of the, the LinkedIn part as well, LinkedIn, we don't really like emails. We find they're not very good at converting. So LinkedIn is only if they accept. So if someone doesn't accept your connection request, you've then got, you know, less steps. Um, 
And then typically all our sequences include, if they do connect on LinkedIn, it's a voice note. And then for email, always we put a video in there. The video, we normally put touch three um, because like I was saying, you don't want links definitely in your first email, maybe not even in the second, so touch three. Um, and then, yeah, there's like the bump up email is touch two. Feedback email is the last email, so that'd be email seven or eight. And then four and five, we may get into case studies, which is obviously a little bit more salesy. But the most important thing of an email campaign, I'm sure you relate to this, Ollie, is actually your list. Because most people fail at the very first step where they're like, okay, let's do a general email sequence. My clients always say, like, never do a general email sequence because you're just going to like get nothing. So it's the first bit is like, okay, what industries are we targeting? What personas are we targeting? And then we have a thing called trigger as well. So I know like if a company's hiring SDRs or if they're using outreach or vanilla soft, um, they'd be a good fit for our service. Um, so we're looking at, um, those things. And then once we've established that list, then our messaging is going to be completely related to that. Uh, so we'll, we'll customize our, um, our messaging towards that. So like the case studies would be relevant. Say we're, we're targeting like a cybersecurity company. It'd be around how we've helped a cybersecurity company in the past. Okay. So talk to me about how you actually write that email. I've, so, uh, I've, I've researched this quite a lot. There's a billion plus at least numbers of frameworks that you can have so josh brown has quite a good one there's a copyright in one called ada list goes on right and i think it's quite good to have them in your back pocket but not to lean on it too hard kind of like a cool script it's there for your use but not for you to live by but i don't think many people actually subscribe to that so do you use a framework to sort of make your messaging really poignant and you know structured or are you are you like uh are you naturally doing that already no yeah we we have a framework so it's the the trigger which we call the why it's like why are you getting in contact and that always has to be a hundred percent about them so as i said one we use is like notice you're hiring sdrs that's quite a vague one so that could be a company we could go into more detail like if i was going to target you i could say holly i was listening to a webinar with like michael hansen on cold email right to get your attention with you on a personal level then it's a pain and the pain has to be associated to the trigger because a mistake you often get is people are do there's this whole like buzz about personalization, but people are like, oh, we went to the same university, that's great. And then they go into some sales pitch and people can like sense that they're just doing that to, to sell them something. So you never want to do that. So the it has to flow right. So the pain has then got to be related to the trigger. So yeah, if it's noticed you're hiring SDRs. It's a pain related to that. So on average, it can take up to four months or even six months for an SDR to be fully productive, right? That's a pain. Where I was targeting you now, and we're talking about webinars, I could talk about some pain related to webinars, right? And then it's the interest call to action. So there's a lot of studies about this, that if you ask for people's interest rather than their time, they're a lot more likely to say yes. And then you insert the benefit. So like interested in learning how you could onboard your you know, SDRs twice as quick like another cybersecurity company did, right? So that's a bit is the trigger, pain associated to that. And then if they're interested in learning how they can solve that pain, um, so that's typically what we do, like just those three steps. I love the um, the middle piece. That uh, That's where I think everything goes wrong in way too many emails. You can have all the best intention in the world. You can do great personalization. You can research the shit out of me, but... If it doesn't relate, it's like, I know that you're a Liverpool Football Club fan. Also, we have cybersecurity. You're like, what? <laughs> but if it relates, like you said, so I saw you did a cold email webinar with Michael Hansen. Yeah. Next sentence could be something about how you follow up on inbound leads. 
exactly. That makes sense because it's about a webinar, right? So it has to it has to flow on from that. So just give me that again. So what? How? Do, so it's why pain trigger and interest. Was that was that right? Yes, yeah, so it's the the trigger, the pain. And then the interest you actually tie to the solution, right? So then you don't have to, because you could do the solution and then the call to action, but we see the shorter the email, the better. So it's like interested in, and then the solution to the pain, essentially. Okay, I love that. I'm going to give that one a go. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to blame you. (laughs) But if it does work, I will give you credit. Um, Okay, so a couple of last ones. It's not a cold email webinar if I don't mention the dreaded subject line word. What's your uh, go-to on subject line word count? My data, we've analyzed 600,000 cold emails sent yeah. from autoclose. We got, and it was very close, I'll be honest, um, three or four was best, which I personally could have guessed, but the most common was actually five and six. And uh, and one of them was 58. I don't know how that one worked, but Probably three not. or four, where, where do you stand? So most people are doing five or six, but the best practice is three or four. Yeah, this is something... Um, we've looked at yeah i think short short ones are better um like putting in their first name company name someone's actually challenged me recently saying the first they did research like the first name doesn't work but we think it works very well um so we actually just did um a case study yesterday with a client and funny enough we were working with the sdr team put the first name in the subject line and their open rate increased a lot and then they started doing their marketing newsletters for some reason a lot of people in marketing newsletters never use fields in the subject line so you put like first name in and then the open rate increased by like 25 percent um so yeah definitely agree the shorter the better so like yeah three or four words and then like including their first name in there as well i've tried one which is three words normally unless you have to have a a two-word phrase I, i try and research three things about that person so for you it would be cold email webinar that's already three words and then I'd have maybe your company name, which again is two words. And then uh, another another one thing I found. So ideally you have word, comma, word, comma, and that's it. Three things about that person. And it's it's not too vague that they don't get it because it's clearly about them. Yeah. But there's a bit of mystery. It's like, what do you mean? So for me, Liverpool, um, cold email, LinkedIn. What What is that? I have to open that. Yeah. I've got to open that. That's me personally. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay, well, now, now everyone knows how to uh, how to pitch you. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I've opened myself up to a problem there. But okay, my man. Uh, last question. Uh, this one might be a little challenging. Uh, this will depend a lot on the industry and the type of company you are. But uh, how many emails do? You, let, let's talk about your clients. How many emails do your clients do per day across any of the stages of their cadence? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think it really depends on the level of personalization um, and automation. Um, and then if it's like tier one or or tier two leads, um, you asked about the template as well. Something we rec- you don't need like huge amounts of personalization. You can have just one bit of personalization. Like even if I said, oh, I noticed you're a Liverpool fan, then I tied it into something relevant to your business. That's fine. Because if I gave you three bits of personalization and gave you a sales pitch, it didn't make sense. Then like who cares? Um, but in terms of numbers of emails per day, I think if you're doing a, you know, highly personalized approach, it could be, you know, 40, 40 or 50. Um, and then with the way we do our steps, which you asked me about earlier, we're doing two or three days per step. So actually what's quite good about that. If you have a list of a hundred, you can put that into like 50 on one day and 50 another day. So you don't have to do a hundred per day. Um, and then you may, if you've got, like some more more 
slightly more automation you know it could be like 100 emails a day you know even 200 emails a day it just just kind of depends on the the level of automation and, and personalization and then some some companies have like tier one and tier two accounts and the tier two accounts it may just be the first emails personalized everything else is automated and then you know the tier one accounts there's like videos and all kinds of stuff in there so it's going to take a lot more time okay mate. brilliant uh we are just about out of time so i have to ask before we go where can people get in touch with you where can people get that guide that you were talking about and please can i have that guide that you were talking about <laughs> yeah sure um uh so just connect with me on linkedin michael hansen uh growth genie um our website is growthgenie.co unfortunately couldn't get .com it was it was taken and uh yeah if you just connect with me say you know heard you on the vanilla soft uh, webinar with with ollie um interested in that playbook template happy to give it and yeah certainly we'll send it to to you ollie and um yeah no th- thanks a lot for having me on our pleasure thanks very much my man so everyone what did you think of that i'll be honest when uh, when michael was talking about the replying to your own email with just a, a simple sentence saying something like what do you think of this i uh, i thought i really don't like that but when he explained it i got it so michael changed my mind right there on the in the in the session i wonder if you guys agree with that or not but um in the meantime if you enjoyed that at all make sure you subscribe to the podcast you can get every episode on spotify on apple podcast on anchor fm wherever you're listening to be honest with you and if it's not there hit me up and i'll try and get it there and aside from that make sure you leave us a little review too if you have a five-star review within your means we'd love to have it and we appreciate that but uh, i will leave you guys with that for next time and um we'll be going back to some interviews pretty soon Uh, this is a bit of a break away from the usual format but i hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time thanks